What are you searching for? Wise men seek Christ. The question is, what are you seeking for? Is it for fun, friends, fame, and fortune? Popularity, prestige, and power? Have you noticed the impressive large Christmas trees set up in many shopping malls? Surely you've noticed the beautifully wrapped presents piled up under most of these trees. You'll see many children's eyes wide as they look at these bright, shiny, shimmering presents, often with attractive ribbons around them. Now, over the years, when my children were very young, they each asked, what's in those boxes? And the answer is, absolutely nothing. They are beautifully wrapped, they are attractively presented, but the presents under these commercial Christmas trees and shopping malls are all empty. The world offers so much, but in the end it turns out to be empty. The world, the flesh and the devil promise you everything you could possibly desire. If you will only buy their product or service, you're promised all the fun, fame and fortune you could desire. All the power, popularity, prestige and possessions your heart could desire. But like those alluring and attractive looking presents under the Christmas trees in the mall, the promises of the world turn out to be disappointingly empty. For those who pursue materialism, they will find merry-go-rounds that get them nowhere, mazes that get them lost, and dead-end streets that will frustrate their desires. Hedonism and existentialism prove to be short-sighted, meaningless, empty, and actually purposeless. What are you searching for? What is the purpose in your life? What are in those boxes that you've been obtaining from the world? Do not waste your life on the empty boxes of the world, the time-wasting treadmills of trends, fashions, and fads. They're all ultimately frustrating. Do not settle for less than God's very best. God gives the best to those who leave the choice to him. And you will seek me and you will find me. When you search me with all your heart, we read in Jeremiah 29 verse 30. What are you seeking for in life? What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Christmas should remind us of the danger of missing out on what is most important. We read in the Bible, Luke 2 verse 7, there was no room for him in the inn. How must all those innkeepers of Bethlehem feel that they turned away the greatest man ever to be born? They had no room for Emmanuel, God with us. They couldn't accommodate the creator, the eternal judge, before whom each one of us will have to stand on day of judgment. They missed the opportunity of a lifetime. They missed the opportunity of all time. They could have welcomed the Holy Family, but they missed out. And our Lord Jesus Christ was born in a stable, in a cave, amongst farm animals. Where were the priests? Wise men traveled great distances in order to worship the King of Kings. The shepherds on the hillside came and they worshipped. But where was the mayor of Bethlehem? There is no indication that any of the elders and leading citizens of Bethlehem acknowledged the greatest event ever to occur in Bethlehem before or since. They missed out on the greatest opportunity and event ever. Where was the high priest? Where was King Herod? It's extraordinary to note that the entire priesthood of Israel, all the thousands employed at the temple, they missed the birth of the Messiah. 
At his birth, there was no room for Jesus in any of the homes or inns of Bethlehem. Today, there seems to be no room for Jesus at the UN. Nor is there space for Jesus in most of the Xmas cards, in most of the schools, and most of the music. Even nativity scenes are discouraged and banned in many cities around the world. Is there room in your heart for Jesus? He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Now, Christmas is known as the season for giving. But why do we give and receive gifts at Christmas time? After all, it's not our birthday. We give gifts at Christmas time to honor the greatest gift ever given. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave. Freely, freely, you have received. Freely, freely, give. It's far more blessed to give than to receive. Yet we still have many people who have not yet grasped the most basic truth of Christmas. To many, Christmas is the season for getting, not giving. And in fact, we find many have their hands out asking, where is my Christmas? Where is my Christmas box? What do you have for me? Give me, give me, give me. Complete strangers seem to have no shame in demanding some gift for themselves at Christmas Day. We need to remind them whose birthday we're celebrating. Do you remember whose birthday we're celebrating at Christmas? The very first Christmas gifts were given by the wise men from the East. They traveled great distances across difficult and dangerous terrain in order to worship the greatest person ever born, a man who split time, the man whose birth was so significant that all of Western civilization dates their calendars and dates from his birth. All of time is split in two. He is the hinge of history. He turned aside the river of the ages. And now almost all the world dates from B.C., before Christ, and Anno Domini, A.D., in the year of our Lord. Now, what gifts did they present? They presented extraordinary gifts. They presented gold for the king of kings, frankincense for the high priest of all priests, myrrh for the sacrifice that would end the need for any other blood sacrifice. And these men from the East, they were wise. They recognized when the Messiah would be born. They discovered where he would be born. And as they came from Babylon and Persia, where Daniel had served, they were no doubt aware of the prophecies made by Daniel, which clearly identified when the Messiah would be born. And their gifts were most appropriate. They recognized that this was not merely an heir to the throne, not merely a prince being born, where is he who has been born king? They recognized that gold was most appropriate for the king of all kings. Frankincense is symbolic of prayers and worship. So in presenting frankincense, they recognized that the Messiah would be the high priest above all priests. Myrrh was the ointment used for burial. And Jesus Christ was coming as the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. At Christmas, we remember the crib, but we also need to look beyond the crib to the cross. The wood of the crib should remind us of the wood of the cross on which our Lord would die, a willing sacrifice for your sins and mine. But the wise men looked beyond the wood of the crib and beyond the wood of the cross, and they looked to the the gold of the crown. For we no longer worship a babe in a manger 
or even a suffering Savior on a cross, but a risen, ascended Redeemer reigning on high who will return to judge the living and the dead. The crib, the cross, and the crown. The crib, the cross, and the crown, the crib reminds us of the incarnation. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. The cross reminds us why Jesus came. He lived the perfect life that we should have lived. He died the death we deserve to die. The crown points to the return of the King of Kings and Eternal Judge. The first time Jesus came as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. The next time he will come as the Lion of Judah to conquer and to judge. The question is not, will you bow to Christ? But when will you bow to Christ? Will you bow to Christ today in the day of grace when forgiveness is freely available? When the door to heaven is wide open? Or will you bow on the day of judgment when the door to salvation is firmly closed, when the day of grace has ended. We either will bow to Christ as Savior and Lord today, or we will bow to him as judge on that great and dreadful day of judgment. And as we are remembering his birthday, we should ask, what gift will you give the one whose birthday we are celebrating? What can you give to our Lord Jesus Christ? What gifts would be appropriate for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator and the Eternal Judge? our Savior and Redeemer. Well, Andrew brought a little boy to Jesus, and the little boy gave Jesus his lunch, just five loaves and two fish. But with that little boy's lunch, the Lord fed thousands with the food he multiplied. You see, Jesus can do a lot with a little. And the widow's might, our Lord pointed out, that what she gave, that those two little coins may look very small in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of the Lord, he recognized she had given everything she could. Give him your attention. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Give him your sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. Obey the Great Commission. Dedicate your life to making disciples and teaching obedience to all things that the Lord has commanded. Does Jesus have all of you there is to give? Have you made promises you've gone back to? Have you made commitments you've not honored? Be reconciled to your brother. What are you seeking for? Jesus is the reason for the season. Wise men seek Christ. Give him your time, your talents, and your treasure. Give him your hands, your feet, your lips, your heart, and your life. Give him your worship, your obedience, your sacrifice, your attention, your adoration. To obey is better than sacrifice. Do restitution. Be reconciled to your friends and family. Be generous. Be grateful. Recognize the many evangelistic opportunities you have around you. Give God the very best you have. Do not waste your life in the empty boxes of the world. Do not settle for less than God's very best. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. A very happy Christmas to all the listeners of Radio Cape Pulpit. God bless.